You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Wait a minute. Do you still think politics is boring? Well, not when you can say fun words like cacus. Yes, it's fun words like cacus and more. With the intellectual, intersexual, and intersectional, Nicole Sandler on NicoleSandler.com. We've really entered opposite world. I know we've been there for the longest time, but oh my God, what I saw today, I, I'm just, I'm in awe. That I've got to really edit myself and figure out what we can cover and what we can't. So it's Thursday. Howie Klein will be here at the bottom of the hour. I, I've got a few things that I need to talk with you about before we get there. Uh, fingers crossed that YouTube works okay today, but we are uh, working on all the other platforms. We're streaming audio, Progressive Voices Network, and other online radio stations. And, of course, the uh, the podcast will be up after the show. We are streaming video to YouTube, but also to Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Yeah, I think that's all. Um. So, okay, and I see people starting to show up. Good, because I was getting worried. I, I don't trust the technology. Anyway, um, so I'm going to get to today's hearing in the House Judiciary Committee, which was firmly in opposite world today. But first, I want to bring you a little Florida story that you may not have heard about because you're not in Florida. Lucky you. So it, this is a big state. And in case you're not familiar with the uh, geography of it, where I am, I'm in southeast Florida. It's sort of like uh, I'm in Broward County, which is the bluest county left in Florida, maybe the only one. Um, and then there's the area known as the Panhandle. Um, I, I guess, you know, if you look at Florida like a frying pan, it's the handle part. It's it's sort of like Alabama adjacent. That's the Panhandle. That is Matt Gates country. So you get an idea. Well, apparently there is a, it's, it's Santa Rosa County. There's a councilman up in Santa Rosa County who, um, well, to say he's stupid, it might be a little too generous. 
seriously. So let me share a new story with you from that neck of the woods that explains what happened. It is this councilman. His name is uh, Sam Parker. And he didn't know that a an ethnic slur was offensive to the group that he is slurring. And what will you hear what it is? Oh, this is just, this is precious. This is from a TV station up there in the Florida Panhandle. And here's the report. Commissioner Sam Parker is receiving backlash from some of his constituents in Santa Rosa County. Video from January shows him inside a local business asking for a discount and making anti-Semitic comments. We got to chew you down a little bit. We've got to chew you down a little, he said. I guess if I brought cash, you wouldn't have to charge me back, At the commission's public forum this week, a resident played that video and some people didn't hold back. If you had said that in front of me, I would have either backhanded you or told you off to make you about a half inch tall. Parker defended himself in that meeting. I'm not referring to the Jewish community. No. Okay, I use that term as an adjective, as a descriptive (laughs) word of bargaining them down. The American Jewish Committee says that phrase... In in case you missed it, because it was kind of muffled, he's in a store. There's videotape of it. He's trying to get a better deal on whatever he's buying. And he says to the store owner, I'm going to have to Jew you down. Jew you down. Okay. Just wanted to make sure you heard what he said. It's a dangerous role in normalizing anti-Semitism, calling it an insulting misrepresentation of Jewish behavior. Uh, that's not how a county commissioner of this county should act or uh, do business. And I- I'm asking you if you're going to resign. I'm not apologizing for that. I didn't <laughs> say not that towards any person or about any person. Uh. Several people were also upset that a commissioner would try to get a discount. But Parker says it's a joke. Even if I know I'm not getting a discount, most places where I go, yeah, I'm going to joke. That's in, what? it's kind of like in the fabric of I'm in the real estate business. <laughs> people ask for discounts. Parker said if anyone wants to, they can file a complaint with the Florida oh Ethics Commission. God. Cody Long, WKRG News 5. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm almost speechless. Not quite, David. Yeah, oh, oh, sorry. Yes. I'm sorry to butt in. But That's okay. You, you have to, the article about this, the people weren't upset about him saying something about Jewing people down. No. They were upset about him going in there and asking for a fucking discount right. because he was a county commissioner. Right. And, and s- then this gutless fucking lawyer whose office I just called and told him to grow a fucking pair of balls says, oh, you, I know your heart. You're okay. You're not an anti-Semite. This inbred redneck cocksucker is not an anti-Semite. How in the fuck do you call an anti How do you determine an anti anti-Semite, except when someone throws that kind of shit out. That's why I called his office and left a message for him to fuck himself sideways with a cactus. <laughs> you did. I was a little more polite when I called. So I called and I get this, you know, person on the phone. Um, uh, it, you know what? I, I didn't. Well, Florida is a one party state, so I can record her and play it. I'll play a little bit of of, of our conversation. I, w- I was nicer than that. I didn't go all Karen on her. Uh, let's see if I can make this work, though. Hold on. 
um, you're more than welcome to go back onto our county website and watch the replay of the meeting where he addressed that at the very beginning of uh-huh. the public forum. Okay. Uh, where can um, I find that? Sure. Oh, Let okay, me so give I, you the link to I that. I found the link, right? I found the link. Video. I saw a video. And, and I'll play some of that for you. I explained. Look, I do a radio show down here, but I live in Florida. I happen to be Jewish. And... <laughs> It's highly offensive what he said. And I and and I explained to her in the nicest possible way. Um can you I mean I don't know what's more disturbing that he uses that kind of language or that he didn't know it was offensive? How do you not know that a, an ethnic slur Jew him down is not offensive? It is I, I how do you believe that nonsense? So we went back and forth a little bit. I found the video, and then I want to hear. I want you to hear how the call ended. Forum is that it? Public forum, yes, ma'am. If you'll okay. click on that, that should bring up the video, and just okay. you can watch the video from there. Got it. All right. Well, thank you. I, I'm sure You're... you've not heard the last of this. <laughs> no, ma'am. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks very much. Uh, can, You're very how well. is it to work uh-huh. with somebody who's that ignorant of people's feelings of 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 what's right and what's wrong. Um, you, <laughs> um, I guess I'm just not going to answer that. Okay. This gotcha. Oh, All right. Thank you very much. I guess she wanted to keep her job, but that was pretty telling. So what happened is she directed me to their website, the, the Santa Rosa County commission or Santa Rosa County website where the meeting was um, they had a public meeting today, just so happens. And so it starts with Sam Parker um, addressing the issue. <laughs> yeah, you got to hear this. This is this is just uh, this is just too good. Hearing from the folks. OK, Hearing from the folks. <clears throat> Want to take a moment to address the video that was shown during Monday's meeting. Yeah. The surveillance video showed me inside a general rental center in Milton during January of this year. During my conversation with the cashier, I used to figure a speech that I've since learned has a history of being meant to be derogatory towards Jewish people. He's since learned has a history of being derogatory? At the time that I made the statement, I had absolutely no intent of saying anything offensive or derogatory towards any group. <laughs> but I'm going to talk to I'm going to I'm going to try to get a discount by saying to the store clerk, I need to Jew you down. Of people or any individuals. I'm sorry for the pain or suffering that my statement caused to anyone. And I hope that you'll accept my sincere apology. <laughs> also want to publicly apologize to the county attorney, Tom. Uh- Tom Danheiser, who's Jewish, who who said, well, I, I know what was in his heart. Ugh, you know what? Get a bit of common sense, people. You, any, any, anytime you, you name a group of people and you use it in a derogatory manner, guess what? It's an insult and it's wrong. And this fucking moron didn't know that there was anything wrong with the term Jew you down? And again, when, when somebody at the last meeting called him out on, he said, I'm not going to apologize for that. I use it as an adjective. Jew is not an adjective, you fucking anti-Semitic piece of shit.
What is wrong with people? What is wrong with people? I, I, I just, okay. So that's that. <laughs> Moving right along, uh, I can ask the same question. What is wrong with people? When I talk about what went on today inside the House Judiciary Committee hearing on the weaponization of um, government, whatever. So today, Jim Jordan, he of the, you know, looking the other way when the wrestling coach is stooping the boys in the shower at Ohio State. And he still has it. He's still in Congress, whatever. Um, he holds this hearing. He's the new chair of the Judiciary Committee, which should scare you as much as anything else I've said ever. Uh, so they have this hearing today, and um, at, the witnesses are two people uh, that are working with Elon Musk on the Twitter files, Matt Taibbi and I don't know his first name, Schellenberger, two I, I would say so-called journalists, but somebody said that to Taibbi and he objected. I'm not a so-called journalist. I'm a journalist. Well, I will say he used to be a journalist. He really isn't anymore. He's a, a transcriber. Because what's going on with these Twitter files is Elon Musk bought Twitter and then selectively released certain uh, uh, of the files, the the. the the confidential files, I guess, to these so-called journalists and said, here, have at it, release all this stuff. But he didn't give them everything. And obviously, the materials he turned over to them are skewed towards the story he wants to get out. If it was real journalism and Elon Musk wanted to be transparent, he would have released all of it to any journalist who wanted to do an honest uh, review of the materials. That's not what he did. So, uh, the, his, so the, the hearing was today. Um, Aaron Rupar, who does a great job of, of uh, watching a lot of this stuff, <clears throat> so either we don't have to or, uh, you know, to help us for if people like me who are busy and don't, can't do three things at once. <clears throat> So um, uh, I'm going to play. He put together sort of a sizzle reel um, uh, of of some of the. I was going to say highs, (laughs) some of the some of the highlights and lowlights from today's hearings. Um, And uh, you just have to listen to this shit. It's it's just uh, it's incredible. And when I say incredible, I mean, the actual meaning of the word, unbelievable, unbelievable. All right, here's, here's what uh, um, Aaron Rupar put together. And information sources. The Society okay. of Professional so, Journalists Code of Ethics asserts... Hold on. I'm, the first questioner is, you know, not my favorite member, favorite member of Congress. It's Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Okay, but she had some really important questions for Matt Taibbi. And I say to Debbie... You go, girl. We'll have today's Dirty Debbie in her honor. I will. That journalists should avoid political activities that can compromise integrity or credibility. Being a Republican witness today certainly casts a cloud over your ob- objectivity. Mm-hmm. But it 
deeper concern that I have relates to the ethics of how journalists receive and present certain information. Journalists should avoid accepting spoon-fed, cherry-picked information if it's likely to be slanted, incomplete, or designed to reach a foregone, easily disputed, or invalid conclusion. Yep. Would you agree with that? Matt? I think, it's, I think it depends. It depends? Really? <laughs> you wouldn't agree that a journalist should avoid spoon-fed, cherry-picked information if it's likely to be slanted, incomplete, or designed to reach a foregone, easily disputed, or invalid conclusion? Mrs. Con- uh, Congresswoman, I've done probably a dozen stories involving whistleblowers. Every reported story that I've ever done across three decades involves sources who have motives. Every time you do a story, you're making a, a, a balancing test okay. reclaiming, the public Reclaiming interest. my time. Reclaiming Thank you very much. Okay. I ask you this because before you became Elon Musk's hand-picked journalist, so, and pardon the oxymoron, you stated this on Joe Rogan's podcast about being spoon-fed information, and I quote, I think that's true of any kind of journalism, and you'll see it behind me here. I think that's true of any kind of journalism. Once you start getting handed things, then you've lost. They have you at that point, and you've got to get out of that habit. You just can't cross that line. Do you still believe what you told Mr. Rogan, yes or no? Ooh. Yes or no? Ooh. Yes. Good. Yeah, bullshit. Now, you crossed that line with the Twitter files. Yeah. No. Elon Musk, yes. it's my time. Please do not interrupt <laughs> me. Elon Musk spoon-fed Elon Musk spoon-fed you his cherry-picked information, which you must have suspected promotes a slanted viewpoint, or at the very least generates another right-wing conspiracy theory. You violated your own standard, and you appear to have benefited from it. Before the release of emails in, of the emails in August of last year, you had 661,000 Twitter followers. Uh-oh. After the Twitter files, your followers doubled. And now it's three times what it was last August. I imagine your Substack readership, which is a subscription, increased significantly because of the work that you did for Elon Musk. Now, I'm not asking you to put a dollar figure on it, but it's quite obvious that you profited from the Twitter files. Yeah. You hit the jackpot on that Vegas slot machine to which you referred. (laughs) That's true, isn't it? I've also reinvested a lot. No, 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 no. Is it true that you have profited since you you were the recipient of the Twitter files? Yes. You've made money. Yes. Yes or no? Yes. I Very think it's probably question. a wash, honestly. <laughs> nope. You've, you, you have made money that you did not have before, correct? But I've also spent money that I didn't have <laughs> okay. before. I just hired a whole group of people <laughs> to Patently obvious answer, reclaiming my time. Attention is a powerful drug. Eyeballs, money, prominence, attention. All of it points to problems with accuracy and credibility. And the larger point which is social media companies are not biased against conservatives, and if anything, they ignored their own policies by allowing Trump and other MAGA extremists to post incessant lies, Uh endangering public safety, and even our democracy. Hypocrisy is the hangover of an addiction to attention. Okay, now now it cuts to Jerry Connolly. This isn't really a matter of right or left, that um, there are lots of different ideological colorations involved in the Twitter files. Is that roughly correct? Yes. And Mr. Schellenberg, you you would agree with that? Yes. So when you release information, have you released any information of, for example, right-wing elements or the Trump White House attempting to moderate content at Twitter? You know, this, I, I just have to interject here, this point 
that Congressman Jerry Connolly is making says it all, shows how one-sided it is. Because what we've learned is that the proof is actually all the studies they've done show that Twitter was more, um, what's the word, censorous of liberal voices, that they did Donald Trump's bidding when he asked them to take tweets down, that the bullshit they're spewing here, oh, they, they silenced conservative voices, is just not true. Sorry, let me go back to uh, Jerry Connolly. I just, I want you to pay attention to this part because it's really telling. When you release information, have you released any information of, for example, right-wing elements or the Trump White House? attempting to moderate content at Twitter. Yes. No, not the Trump White House, per se. Although no. I, did, I did report initially in the first Twitter files that the Trump White House had made and, and uh, requests and had been honored. Mr. Sullivan? <laughs> I did not find that. He didn't you find that. Oh. So we had a hearing the other day on Twitter, and we had four witnesses, three for the majority, one for the minority, and all four testified under oath they had never received a request for content moderation or takedown by the Biden White House, but they did from Donald Trump's White House. And specifically, uh, the case brought up was an exchange between Donald Trump, then President of the United States, and Chrissy Teigen, Teigen uh, but, where she, yeah. you know, they, he had called her something and she called him something back. I won't repeat it. Um, and... Uh, and this was under oath confirmed, yeah, that happened. And that the White House shortly thereafter, after Tegan, uh, Tegan, Tegan. Uh, had her email about the president, which was pejorative, that the White House called Twitter to try to take on the content. Are you aware of that, Mr. Tebe? Yeah, I've, I certainly heard that in the news, yes. But, but he doesn't and choose to cover but, that. Did you see that email exchange? No, I, I have not seen a, uh, an exchange Gee, from why. the Trump White House. So I, I have seen one from Congressman Schiff and one from Senator Angus King. Yeah, nice try. <laughs> We're talking about the uh, Trump White House uh, and people under oath confirming it. And my question is, in the Twitter files, did Elon Musk or Twitter provide you with that exchange with Chrissy Teigen? No. No, um, of course not, because they cherry picked what they gave you and you are doing your dutiful duty as a scribe and carrot the water carrier for Elmo fucking Musk. Shame on you, Matt Taibbi. But that's probably because the, the searches that I was making. Well, probably probably because it didn't confirm the bias that this is all about, as the gentleman from Texas would say, the left attempting to. Uh, control content when, in fact, the evidence is the Trump White House most certainly attempted to control content at Twitter. Mr. Schellenberger, were you aware of that, or is this all news to you? I, I already answered that question. No, you didn't. No, I'm, I'm, I mean specifically the Tegan exchange. Yeah, the Tegan, the Tegan exchange was news to me. Because you, because it was selective what they released to you, and you did your duty as a lapdog. Shame on you, Schellenberger, whoever the fuck you are. I'm probably mispronouncing her name. I'm sorry. As you said in your Twitter Okay, files, now, hold I on. Now, Daniel Goldberg. Dan Goldberg, newest uh, member of Congress, uh, just elected this time, just, uh, you know, two months in. Um, he was one of the prosecutors 
in the first impeachment. He's a former federal prosecutor. And, um, well, in this case, you go, Dan. Correct. That every single fact in the New York Post story was accurate? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, wait. You, you know what? You I need to back it up because I stepped on the beginning. You really need to hear this part because it's very, very good. Okay. Let's, yeah, right, the, the Tegan exchange was news to me. I'm probably mispronouncing her name. I'm sorry. As you said in your Twitter files, am I correct, that every single fact in the New York Post story was accurate? Yes. Okay. Um, do, you, do you recall that the first paragraph of that Post story said that then-Vice President Joe Biden pressured Ukraine to fire its prosecutor general because he was investigating Burisma where Hunter Biden was on the board? Yes. I have here, which I'd like to enter into the record, the Trump-Ukraine impeachment inquiry report, Uh 300 pages by the House Intelligence Committee. Did you review this report before you said that every fact in this story was accurate? Not objection. The the, the material be entered in the record. Did I read that before I wrote the Twitter files? No. No. If you read this, you would have known that every single State Department and Trump administration expert on Ukraine Mm -hmm. said that Vice President Joe Biden, in in, uh, concert with the European Union and the IMF, was executing official U.S. policy by encouraging Ukraine to fire the prosecutor general because he was not prosecuting corruption and was not prosecuting companies like Burisma. Uh-oh. So that story, notwithstanding your allegations, was false. And I yield back. <laughs> Mr. Taibbi, <laughs> I, I want to ask about <laughs> journalistic ethics and information sources. The Society okay, oh, this now it goes back to the beginning. The, it's Debbie Wasserman Schultz again. This Schellenberger guy is, a, is just another hack. Now, I wasn't familiar with him. And in another part, it comes out that, you know, he was given access to the Twitter files by Barry Weiss. This is a like a, a really unattractive circle jerk. And I'm not talking about physicality. I'm talking about people whose minds have gone to mush. Unbelievable. And so, of course, I tweeted a couple of things today because I can't help myself. And, of course, the the trolls are attacking me. I don't give a fuck because, I, you know, Twitter is a cesspool. Um, There was other stuff today. By the way, while we're on about Dan Goldman, um, I think it was in the same hearing, I'm guessing. I don't have video of this, but it's... (laughs) This might have been from the Oversight Committee. There were so many things going on, I I lose track. But you got to listen to this. It's a twofer. First up is Lauren Boebert. (laughs) Lauren Boebert, who um, just doesn't have a clue. She and Marge Q are two peas in a pod. They, they, They talk like they know what they're talking about, but there's nothing between the two ears. Anyway, so... Here's Lauren Boebert um, on free speech. So I think it was the same hearing because she, she, listen to her. She doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. For the current resident of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, the only thing harder than climbing a flight of stairs, riding a bicycle, reading a teleprompter seems to be telling the truth. Oh, look in the mirror, lady. Free speech isn't just for kind speech. Or true speech or widely accepted true speech. speech. It is for all speech. No. And it is worth 
fighting for, and I want to thank my friend and colleague and chairman of the Oversight and Accountability Committee, Mr. Comer, for his his work to preserve free speech in America. (laughs) Free speech in America. Okay, so that was the brilliance of Lauren Boebert. Now, Dan Goldberg. You go, Dan. Mr. Speaker, I'd just like to remind uh, you and and everyone that the First Amendment does not protect all speech. It protects lawful speech. And for example, if you make a death threat over the Internet, that is not protected speech. That is a federal crime. So let's remember as we take on this absolutist view that all speech is free speech, that there are many, many restrictions under our laws about what is lawful speech and what is not. Woohoo! Not all speech is protected under the First Amendment. Lauren, guess what? You can't lie to Congress. Go figure. You can't lie to Congress. You can't scream fire in a crowded room. You can't, as, as Dan Goldman just, uh, just said, it, not all speech is protected. Go back to school, Lauren. Get the hell out of Congress and go learn something. By the way, Jamie Jamie uh, Raskin was in fine form today and yesterday as well. I don't even know what hearings these are from. Um, I think one here, this one, uh, this clip is from the hearing on the COVID origins. Not oranges, origins. Whatever the origins of COVID-19, whether it is bats or bureaucrats, No finding will ever exonerate or rehabilitate Donald Trump for his lethal recklessness in mismanaging the crisis in America, which cost us more than a million lives. Indeed, if COVID was actually the product of a lab leak or the worst bioweapon of mass destruction ever invented, as some have argued, and obviously we don't have the scientific evidence to say any of this yet, it would not only not remove Donald Trump's culpability, it would only deepen his culpability in the most profound way. Now, why do I say that? Because over the course of the crisis, beginning in January of 2020 and lasting through the spring on more than 42 different occasions that we have identified so far, President Trump openly praised and defended the performance of Communist Party Secretary and Chinese President Xi in his handling of COVID-19 and boasted of how closely they were working together and boasted of Xi's openness and transparency. Ooh, see, Jamie Raskin is on fire. He had a few more choice words to share with his colleagues across the aisle. I always feel like I learned something when Jamie Raskin speaks. The distinguished gentlelady from Colorado posed a question that I've been hearing my Republican colleagues uh, utter over the last several days. Who decides what is true or false? How can we know what is true or false? And the gentlelady confided her fear that the federal government would end up defining what's true or false. Well, my, my, my. That's an absolute assault on the Constitution of the United States because we have an entire federal judiciary which is based on people getting up in court Mm -hmm. and swearing an oath under God or the Constitution 
to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And the whole point of what federal courts do is to determine what's true and what's false. Hmm. And yet now we have an entire political party which is organizing itself around this radical moral agnosticism, claiming that there's no way we can know the difference between whether an election is on Tuesday or whether an election is on Thursday, as Vladimir Putin wants to tell us through his sinister propaganda put out by the Internet Research Agency. The whole judicial system is based on the difference between truth and lies. The whole judicial system is based on the difference between truth and lies. And yet, what we've found, we've gotten proof of in the last couple of weeks, is that Everything that this Republican Party is, is based on lies. And Fox, not news, lies to their viewers with with such hubris. They don't give a shit about these people, and yet they will swear by what Tucker Carlson says. One more thing before we get Howie on the line. And I think somebody, we should be playing this every single day. Let's go back to January of 2021, shall we? The days just after the insurrection, and yes, it was an insurrection. Kevin McCarthy wasn't speaker yet, but he did get up on the floor, the House floor, and say this. The president bears responsibility for Wednesday's attack on Congress by mob rioters. He should have immediately denounced the mob when he saw what was unfolding. Yep. These facts require immediate action by President Trump. Accept his share of responsibility, quell the brewing unrest, and ensure President-elect Biden is able to successfully begin his term. Yeah. Uh, what happened to that guy? Lauren Boebert? Did you kidnap him? Who, where, who is this imposter? All right. All right. Now. It's time for the Dirty Debbies. Are you a multinational corporation hungry for a treat? Well, come on down to Schmucky Chuckies, where you'll personally be seated by Chuck Schumer himself. So many dishes, and they're all fresh. You're going to love our Blue Dog special, the Dino Burger, because we say so. A good hamburger and french fries. And every burger comes with a side order of grits. I love grits. I love anything with corn. It's corn. All for only $50,000. Wash it all down with a dirty Debbie. Nine-tenths water, one-tenth orange juice. After a week or two, you drink this, it's 200 calories and it's acetic. And wipe your mouth with a tissue print of Glass-Steagall. For dessert, try our DNC tarts. Little cookies, tell the quality of that. Most restaurants give you a mint, but at Schmucky Chuckies, you get complimentary. Sweet and low. Who picks up the tab for all this? Find out now with Howie Klein of DownWithTyranny.com on The Nicole Sandler Show. Hello, Howie Klein. Hey, Nicole. Uh, uh, I've been playing back some of the audio from today's um, House Judiciary Committee hearing uh, about the Twitter files. And, uh, you know, I always talk about opposite world. This is opposite world in action. Yeah. I I missed so fill me in a little bit. Opposite world describes what's going on in the 118th Congress. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Um, just, you know, Matt Taibbi just showing that he, I guess, sold out. I'll tell you, 
who did a good job in questioning, and I, I almost hate to admit it, but Debbie Wasserman Schultz did a good job of questioning Matt Taibbi and got him to basically admit that he's a hypocrite. How so? Tell me. Um, well, I should, I should, yeah, I can, pl- well, I can play some of it for you, but we just heard it. She, she, oh, cornered, don't, don't worry. she cornered him on, you know, got a direct quote of him from one of his appearances on Joe Rogan's podcast, where he basically said, if you're being, if you're a journalist and you're being spoon fed information that a source wants you to, you know, write about, then you've crossed the line. You can't do that anymore. And she's like, do you still believe that? And he's like, uh, to an extent. And she, she just, she cornered him and he had to, <laughs> he had to admit that he was a hack. Right. It well, was, I'm sure he doesn't see himself that way, of course. No, but boy, what a disappointment. And I'll tell you, the other disappointment is other people who I tend to respect, a few others, I guess, who are friends with Taibi are, you know, doing, I guess, friendship over legitimacy and accusing anybody on the left who's calling out Taibi for jumping the shark that, you know, we're as bad as the maggots because we're just saying we don't like what they're saying. We don't like the story they're reporting. So we try to um, discredit them. That's not the case at all. Matt Taibi discredited him himself. (laughs) Who who are you describing when you said that they're uh, defending him? Uh, Matt Taibbi. Oh, who? Uh, Glenn, um, David Sirota. No. Yeah. Yeah. Please. No. So David Sirota. Um, uh, He's someone I really respect. Yeah, me too. Um, uh, and, uh, and I wound up just, I didn't block him, but I unfollowed him. I wrote, you know, he wrote, <clears throat> somebody else tweeted, I agree that attacking journalists is dangerous and quite a slippery slope, but you don't believe these guys crossed an ethical line <clears throat> by acting as corporate chills? Taibi seemed to be a decent reporter once. Not sure what happened to him. That This was someone named Dan Tynan. I don't know who it is, but on Twitter. And David Sirota responded to him and said, I don't like what was revealed by a reporter. Therefore, the reporter isn't a reporter. Shouldn't be a thing. But it is now among many liberals and MAGA folk. And I responded to David. I said, David, you're completely missing the point. And he responded to me. He said, no, you are. Nee, 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 nee. Um, I, I just threw that part <laughs> in. I, I just added that because I, I, I picture him saying that as he's typing this. He said, no, you are. Reporting should be scrutinized and fact-checked. But just because you don't like a reporter's reporting doesn't mean they aren't a journalist. This kind of authoritarian thinking is now pervasive among MAGA folk and liberals alike. It's a huge problem. But that's, you know, that's bullshit. I'm not objecting to, um, uh, and, and my response to that was, I don't like how he's practicing journalism. He's taking cherry-picked information and presenting it as if it's the whole story. He's not even attempting to be, quote, fair and balanced. He's Elon's errand boy. That's not journalism. That's opinion writing. I was trying to be generous here. But you know what? And so now all the trolls are coming a- after me again, like I care. But I don't understand why. Why is um, uh, Sirota uh, taking this position? What, what, I, don't, I don't get because, it. What, because he and Matt, I guess, are friends. Oh, okay. I guess that's the only thing I can figure. Because Sirota, you know, has to be on the edge. 
Yeah, it can't be can't be too mainstream a journalist. He's usually like, on the edge in a good way. I, he's, I always, he's always on the edge, but he's I, a good edge. Look, <laughs> I've I've always liked David Sirota. I have no problem with him, but if he's going to start carrying water for this version of Matt Taibbi, then I got a problem with that because I think Matt Taibbi sold out. Yeah, it looks that way to me too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't discussed it with him, but it, it you know from afar that that's what I see. Right. I, I me too. And, and it's disappointing because uh, big- he's going down a road, and I, I think he couldn't extra. Uh, extricate himself from it. Right. And and I'll tell you something, a, a great line of questioning, not for Taibi, but for the other guy, Schellenberger, who I don't even know, uh, I guess is working with Matt and Barry Weiss on the Twitter files. Um, Weiss, did, Weiss uh, you know, I, 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 I never felt anything good about, but no. that Schellenberger, uh, uh, he's, he's a pretty good journalist. Well, Apparently not, because uh, uh, you know what? I'm going to play it again. The Daniel Daniel Goldman portion that I just played, um, which just he's so good. What he did is he he's, Goldman's he's amazing. Yeah, he really is. I, I'm so impressed with him. So he brings out um, the 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 impeachment uh, report from the first impeachment, and it was about. He asked the Schellenberger who said that every word in this New York Post article was truthful. The New York Post article he was referring to said that, you know, Joe Biden, um, uh, you know, talked to the Ukrainian president about firing. You know what? I'm going to get it wrong. Let me play for you Dan Goldman's um, questioning because he says it succinctly and clearly, and obviously he knows what he's talking about, unlike me. Um, so here's the... I, I already answered that question. Okay, it's coming up right here. No, I'm, I'm, I mean, specifically the Tegan exchange. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, the, T, the Tegan exchange was news to me. Okay, right here. I'm probably mispronouncing her name. I'm sorry. You said here in you your go. Twitter files, am I correct, that every single fact in the New York Post story was accurate? Yes. Okay. Um, do you do you recall that the first paragraph of that post story said that then Vice President Joe Biden pressured Ukraine to fire its prosecutor general because he was investigating Burisma where Hunter Biden was on the board? Yes. Yes. I have here, which I'd like to enter into the record, the Trump Ukraine impeachment inquiry report, 300 pages by the House Intelligence Committee. Did you review this report before you said that every fact in this story was accurate? Not objection. The, the, the material be entered in the record. I, 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 did I read that before I wrote the Twitter files? No. Yeah. Okay. I'm aware of its if content. you read this, you would have known that every single State Department and Trump administration expert on Ukraine said that Vice President Joe Biden, in, in uh, concert with the European Union and the IMF, was executing official U.S. policy Uh by encouraging Ukraine to fire the prosecutor general because he was not prosecuting corruption and was not prosecuting companies like Burisma. So that story, notwithstanding your allegations, was false. And I yield back. Is he just called him out? He didn't know what he was talking about. He said the New York Post article was 100% factual. And Dan Goldman just showed him... No, it wasn't, and you didn't do your homework. And, and he's the one that wrote that article, I, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, well, that yes. was his, yes. Oh, no, no, I, he didn't. I, I don't think he did. I don't think he's a New York Post reporter. 
Is so, it? Yeah, that's what I, I didn't think so either. So, oh, I see. He's just commenting on he someone said, else's. Work. Yes. And he said every word of this New York Post article is true. But it wasn't. It was mm. it was typical Fox Corp fabrication. It's the Fox. We make shit up stuff. And and mm. Dan Goldman just showed him. You know, you're not a journalist. I'm sorry. You can't say something is absolutely 100 percent true. And then but but I didn't check the facts before I said that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that happened. (laughs) Oh, man. So Howie Klein, uh, you know, I'm looking at downwithtyranny.com and it's like every post you have up there is something, you know, we could talk about. Of course, you you've got the. Uh, the obligatory post on on uh, uh, Ron DeSantis because how can you not write about him? He's then his Stop Woke Act, which you know. Do you know what the legislature is in session here in Florida now for the next? They 60 even days? have one. I'm wondering why. I, yeah, I, why is there a legislature in Florida? I have no idea because they to push they don't through. Need one now they have <clears> a lot of money. They could just like tell them all to go home and then because I mean, have they ever? Ever stood up to anything? I mean, it's all no. Ron DeSantis. No, right? But it's all Missing something. Have it, they done? And even when they didn't agree with him on something, and they passed a relatively fair uh, map, it wasn't fair. But uh, compared to what he came up with, he he yelled at them and then and gave them a map and said, "Pass this," and they did. Yes, they did. Even when they've disagreed with him, they always come around to his place to his uh his wants it, which is mind-blowing so here is i i i have took a screenshot florida republicans legislative agenda here are the proposed bills they're working on now keep in mind that florida right now is in the midst of an insurance crisis people cannot get homeowners insurance and those who can their premiums have more than doubled This is a real problem. It's been a problem since DeSantis came into office. Thank you, Rick Scott. And nothing has been done about it because he's so busy with the stupid culture war stuff. But this, this is the, this is what the proposed bills that the Florida legislature in its session that convened yesterday is dealing with. One, expansion of don't say gay to pre-K through eighth grade, from pre-K through third grade, banning preferred pronouns in school, ban on diversity and equity programs at public universities, um, HJR 31, partisan elections for members of school of district school boards, uh, HB 991 defamation libel bill. We talked about that the other day where if you're a blogger, you have to register with the state if you plan to write about Herr DeSantis. Um, the, oh, well, oh, if you don't oh, know, only no. if you plan to write negatively. Right, about right, him. right. If you and, want to write positively about him, you don't have to register. Exactly. No, that of course not. And I, I'm wrong. That That's the blogger registration bill. This is the defamation libel bill, because like Trump, DeSantis wants to make it easier to sue journalists who might report truthfully that you're a dick. Um HB 543, allow people to carry concealed loaded guns without a permit. Then there's the six-week abortion ban and some other horrific immigration law. A five-week? I think it's six. Five or six, you know. Because DeSantis said he would would sign a five-week. Well, of course, because he wants it to be the the hardest in the nation. (laughs) (laughs) 
that's that's what your Florida legislature is concerned with. But the fact that you can't get homeowners insurance, yeah. Now is homeowners insurance problem that is that just along the coast or no, is that the whole state? The whole state, and they're used the, to. There is one from the in, in, in internal parts of the state. Why, it, why can't they get in, in, insurance? Because no, uh, because insurance companies just won't write in Florida anymore. And we used to have the insurer of last resort. It's called Citizens Insurance. And if you couldn't get insurance anywhere else, citizens would insure you at a reasonable rate. Well, no more because you can't. You just cannot afford. Look, I. I you can't get an insurance policy. And if you do, the people who still have theirs are, are screaming that their rates have more than doubled. And DeSantis, when he came into office, said, oh, we're going to have a special session to deal with the insurance problem. But they got into the special session, and that's when he introduced his anti-woke nonsense. And they had another special session, and the same thing happened. And now they're in the real session, and nobody's talking about the insurance crisis. Hmm. Because he's bringing in all these very uber wealthy people, I guess, that don't care. You know, they can pay whatever the exorbitant rate is. Um, I, I'm guessing he doesn't give a shit about people who are struggling to get by and, you know, live paycheck to paycheck and budget their, you know, what they're going to pay for uh, homeowners insurance every year. I, I, it's just it's astounding how bad things are down there. It is it's amazing. But it, it seems like the voters don't seem to care. He's very popular. Uh, and, you know, they're, they could get ripped off in this very, very visible way and not do anything about it. I was just writing uh, about the tw- uh, Ohio's twin state, I'm sorry, Florida's twin state, Ohio, yeah. because today the former um, Speaker of the House there, Larry Householder, uh, Republican Speaker of the House twice in, in, in the state, was just convicted of, um, of well, a whole slew of things, but basically bribery. He, he took uh, $60 million in bribes from a power company in, and in return spent uh, a couple of billion dollars of, of taxpayer money to uh, rescue these two nuclear plants. Oh, my God. And, right. So everyone's bill went up because of this. So he gets $60 million, and everybody's, everybody who... who buys electricity in the state, their bills went up. Does that stop them from voting for Republicans? No, no of course no. And I, you know, no more than it does stop uh, Florida uh, people who are getting ripped off by insurance companies. It doesn't stop them from uh, voting for Republicans. Right. So I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what to say. Okay, but Howie, here's here's something that work. that the media is not getting. You know, they talk about this huge landslide victory that DeSantis had, but if you look at the sheer numbers, the actual popular vote between. 2022 and 2018, DeSantis didn't get many more votes in 2022 than he did in 2018. The difference is Democrats didn't come out to vote for Charlie Crist because we gave them a Republican instead of giving them a good candidate to vote for. You know, the conversation you and I have had for a dozen years now, they gave him Republican light and people said, no, why go Republican? That's not what we need right now. And so they stayed home fewer Democrats voted. It's not that more of them went and voted for DeSantis. And I don't have the numbers in front of me. But if you check it out, Howie, you'll see 
His numbers went up very, very slightly. And think about it. In 2018, he only beat Andrew Gillum by like a fraction of a percentage point. It was so razor thin of a margin. And he, DeSantis didn't do much better in this election than he did in the last one. It's just that nobody voted for, for Christ. Right. So the Democratic Party now understands that they've got to only nominate progressives? No, but but you know now we have now we have a new chair of the Florida Democratic Party, and it is Nikki Freed. Right, and she's kind of a moderate, right? Yeah, she, I I don't know what she is. I honestly don't. She, you know, she's got friends who are Republicans, so she doesn't want to, you know, she doesn't want to ruffle their feathers. But she'll go after the other ones. I don't, you know, I had her on. She seemed like a nice lady. I I just didn't get it. I didn't get. The feeling that she's the one, like she'll she'll lead us out of this. She'll she'll save Florida. She's not the one. Have you had her on since she became the head of the party? No, I, I haven't had her on since she lost. Maybe the she primary. have her again and see yeah. and see where she is with that. Uh, I will. That's a good idea. I will put in a call to her. Not that she'll. Yeah, I don't know why she wouldn't come. We had a good we had a good interview when she was here. Oh, good. Yeah, it's worth talking to her. I mean, because this state is basically lost. I, I don't see any future here. Um, it's it's just it's it's bad and it's gotten worse. Mm. So, well, I mean, you know, the awful thing is, even though the polling shows that most voters have a positive feeling about the word woke, they understand what it means and they like it. Uh, it seems to be working for for you know demagogues like. Uh, DeSantis, at least to you know, give him some power, and even if the power is mostly illusion, illusory, or, or the reasons for the power are, uh, it's still there. And he's yeah, still, but- you know, he, he, he's, you know, there's a very, very, very good chance that he's going to wind up being president. Either eventually, uh, maybe in 28 or four years hence. Yep. Yeah. You know, right before I came on the air, a story crossed my desktop from the Hill. A new poll. Most in new poll view woke as positive term. A majority of Americans in new new poll have a positive association with the term woke, understanding it to mean to be informed, educated on, and aware of social injustices. Period. Yeah, I wrote. That's what I wrote as well in in my blog. Right, and so um, you know, I, I and and there was something in the paper today as well, and I don't have it in here, but Floridians. Um, are not, you know, for who knows with polling what you can believe and what you can't. But what I understand is that that um, even here, people are not happy with his uh, bullying. I mean, he bullies everybody. And there was a great uh, letter in the in the Miami Herald today from somebody who said, "Let me get this straight." DeSantis, when he talks about religion. Um, that's okay because it's his religion. But if I were to tout something in my religion, um, that's indoctrination because it's not what he believes. How is this a democracy? I mean, this is the fascist state of Florida. And and thankfully, I'm hearing other people say it now, too, that I, I think the groundswell against him will grow. It just sucks that we don't have any semblance of a Democratic Party here in Florida and our progressive movement is anemic. Not 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 on behalf of the people who are doing the work. There are some really dedicated people down here. There just aren't enough of them. And South Florida, particularly, has always been politically apathetic. I blame it on the humidity. 
Yeah. <laughs> and the heat. And the, heat and the humidity. It, it, it liquefies the brain. <clears throat> it makes you go, Do I'm, am I going to go out to that protest that is always only on the steps of the federal building in downtown Fort Lauderdale? <clears throat> Hell no. It's too hot out there. I'll sit home. I'll, I'll, I'll sign an online petition. There, I did my part. <laughs> so tell me something. Do, are, are your uh, listeners and the people who you're communicating with today talking about, uh, about Barry Laramilk at all? Is that, is that on the radar? No, but he's the guy who did the tour inside the Capitol the day before January 6th. Of right, January 5th. January, Jan- not only did he do the tour, but he then denied he did the tour mm-hmm. and, and said he absolutely did not do the tour. He lied. Yep. And then when the... Uh, uh, when the film came out, you know, someone had filmed it. And when yep. the film came out showing him <laughs> giving the tour Oops. to a guy who then uh, was part of the insurrection, uh, he flipped out. Yep. So what happened today was that uh, he is now the, the chairman of the subcommittee that's going to investigate the select committee uh, for, uh, for, for their investigation of the insurrection. So that so when you talk about opposite world, it, now yeah. we have a real opposite world where we have an actual insurrectionist. He's going to be he's going to try to discredit Jamie Raskin yeah. and uh, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger and everybody who investigated the uh, the insurrection. His job is to now discredit them. Yeah, how as, we- sub, as, as subcommittee chair, the guy who actually gave tours of the underground tunnels. Yep. To the insurrectionists the yeah. day before the insurrection. Exactly. This is Opposite World. You knew. You never knew it all. Sideways is straight ahead. Facts no longer matter. Reality is now fiction. There's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, Opposite World. It's Opposite World. It's more opposite than I've ever seen it before. Yeah. And, and, and for McCarthy, he has no self-esteem at all. Oh. He thought it was worth, you know, he, he would do anything to become speaker. He's speaker. And part of the deal was giving Barry uh, Lauramilk this subcommittee. Wow. So and, he got it. And did you see who took over as speaker pro tem today? Marjorie Trader Green. Oh, my God. I, please, my head's <laughs> exploding. How can this possibly be? How? Um. Uh, by the way, I also played a clip earlier today in which Dan Goldman, again, Dan, eviscerated Lauren Boebert, who got up and said, you know, the First Amendment is an absolute right. And am I, I don't, it doesn't have to be truthful. It doesn't have to be nice. It's protected free speech. And Dan Goldman says, no, it isn't. You can't threaten to kill somebody. That's not protected free speech. Not all speech is protected under the First Amendment. Just thought you'd want to know. <laughs> and, and did she? She didn't respond. Right? I, I don't. I didn't see. I, I don't know. But no, she probably or, just cowered or, in her chair. This. I think she's thirty-six. She's about to become a, a grandmother. grandmother. <laughs> oh God! This is a woman who doesn't know who the father of her, she, uh, with the exception of the the youngest, she doesn't know who the father of her children are, oh my uh, God. because they're. There was no way to know. There were so many. She had so many partners. She bragged about having at least one of her kids in the same seat in her truck. She gave birth to the kid in the truck in the same seat where 
he was con- or she was where the kid was conceived. Oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. You know, look, after hearing her and Marge, who neither one have a clue, I understand why we don't have, you know, a, a, a poll tax or a literacy test to vote. But I think there should be some kind of a a, a, a knowledge test. Maybe you have to pass the citizen test, like what everybody who becomes a citizen, a naturalized citizen, has to take in order to take office, oh, to be in Congress. In Congress, if you that's can't, that's a very good idea. You know, it's funny because I wrote a post today saying that I agree with Nikki Haley's uh, cognitive <laughs> tests for candidates, right, right? But why, why not also have an IQ test? But I think your idea is better about the citizen test. Yes. That's a much better idea than an IQ test. If you I can't, also said they should also have to take a lie detector test. Well, yeah, I like that one, too. But, yeah, if you can't pass a basic um, citizenship test that any immigrant who comes here and, and it's, gets made a, an American citizen can pass, then you do not earn your seat in Congress. Because I know neither 20- one of the Bobsy twins there could pass it. There are 22 members of Congress that don't have uh, that don't have bachelor's degrees. Uh, most of them are Republicans, of course. Of course. But and some of them aren't morons. But you know what? Some of them are morons, yes. and that's problem. <laughs> and that's that's a problem. Yeah, it is a problem. Uh, uh, on that note, are we bye? We are saying goodbye. We gotta we, take this call. Okay, go take that call, Howie Klein. We'll talk to you next week. Yes. Bye. Uh, uh, sometimes, you know, how he gets a call, you never know who's on the other line. All right. Uh, we're done for today. Uh, you know, sorry, I know I get a little passionate at times. I can't help myself. Who was it who used the word passionate? Uh, something is just eluding my consciousness here. Oh, it's been a long couple of days. Um, tomorrow, we're going to wrap up the week with Digby. Because it's been a while since Digby's been here. There's a lot to talk about. And and Digby brings it. You, you should know Digby if you don't. First of all, Digby's blog. Dot, uh, I'm sorry. Dig, Digby's blog dot net is where you find her now. It's Digby's Hullabaloo. She's one of the original OG progressive bloggers from the blogosphere. And now she also writes a column a few times a week for Salon.com. She's great. When Digby talks people listen or you should all right so that's a good way to wrap up the week um uh just so you know marcy wheeler will be here next wednesday i just booked her we just uh because i gotta hear her thoughts on today's hearing along with everything else that's going on and uh yeah so yes digby is a charter member of the sexy brain club and she's a woman who rocks because we rock All right. With that, we're done. Hasta mañana, baby. And um, I'll leave you with the news. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Criminatory. Ah, it would help if I started it from the beginning. Let's try this again. Take two. It's time for Nicole Sandler's What's News from NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network. As private citizens, we're not privy to the inner workings of government offices or what investigations are underway until we're told. Well, on Wednesday, Attorney General Merrick Garland announced that the Department of Justice investigated the Louisville, Kentucky Police Department 
after the fatal shooting of Breonna Taylor, the young black medical technician who was shot and killed by police during a botched raid at her apartment under a no-knock warrant in a case involving someone who didn't even live there. The conclusions of this investigation? That Louisville, Kentucky police engaged in a pattern of unconstitutional, discriminatory policing that violated the rights of people in the black community. Garland saying that they uncovered evidence of excessive force and searches based on invalid warrants. Quote, this conduct is unacceptable. It erodes the community trust necessary for effective policing, and it is an affront to the vast majority of officers who put their lives on the line every day to serve Louisville with honor. But that's not all. DOJ also confirmed Wednesday that it had begun a review of the use of force and de-escalation policies used or not by Memphis police in the wake of the death of black motorist Tyree Nichols, who you'll recall died after he was beaten by officers during a traffic stop. In addition, we learned that Justice has also launched a separate review of those specialized police units, like the one involved in the Nichols case, that are deployed around the country. The Office of Community-Oriented Policing Services, or COPS, will release a public report after its review. But in a statement, Associate Attorney General Vanita Gupta said, quote, in the wake of Tyree Nichols' tragic death, the Justice Department has heard from police chiefs across the country who are assessing the use of specialized units and their, quote, oversight and accountability. Good. This is a start. So it's worth noting that Joe Biden isn't the only octogenarian in D.C., despite the ageism on display on Fox and among some right-wing pundits. Breaking news overnight, the 81-year-old Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell tripped and fell at a private dinner at a Washington, D.C. hotel and was taken to a hospital for treatment. No further details on his condition were immediately available. But this isn't the first time this has happened. In August of 2019, when he was majority leader, McConnell tripped, fell, and fractured his shoulder on the patio of his home in Kentucky. After surgery to repair the fracture, McConnell worked from home for several weeks. The 81-year-old McConnell became the longest-serving Senate leader in U.S. history when this new Congress convened in January, breaking the previous record of 16 years. So we spring forward this weekend. Yeah, it's that time of year. It's also time for the annual budget dance. President Biden set to release his 2024 budget today. Though don't get too excited about it one way or another. The president's budget isn't expected to go anywhere. Its purpose is really to reflect his fiscal policy vision for the year ahead. This one would include significant investments in manufacturing, climate, education, paid leave, and health care, all paired with a menu of tax increases on corporations and the wealthiest Americans. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre saying it would also include cuts to, quote, wasteful spending on special interests like big oil and big pharma. The White House says this budget would cut the deficit by nearly $3 trillion over the next 10 years. But remember, it won't go anywhere. The House, and with it, the government's purse strings, again controlled by Republicans, who are still gearing up for a fight over raising the debt ceiling. More disturbing news out of Ukraine, where Russia conducted its first major wave of missile attacks in Ukraine in three weeks, hitting infrastructure and killing at least six civilians. These strikes cut power in some areas and knocked a nuclear power plant completely off the grid. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said the massive rocket attack hit critical infrastructure and residential buildings in 10 regions. He added that the strikes occurred while people slept. In an online statement, Zelensky said the occupiers 
can only terrorize civilians. Sickening. Also sickening, news out of Arkansas, where newly sworn-in Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders signed a bill that removes the work permit requirements for children under 16. Seriously. Under the previous law, parents had to sign off on a work permit. Not anymore. And this new law comes just two weeks after the Department of Justice fined a food sanitation company $1.5 million for violating child labor laws in factories in eight states, including Arkansas. According to the Department of Labor, Packers Sanitation Services, Inc. had children, some as young as 13, cleaning equipment like head splitters and back saws using toxic chemicals like ammonia. In some cases, children were assigned to overnight shifts. Wow. This also comes amid an explosion of illegal exploitation of migrant children for labor in the U.S., But it's not only Arkansas. Other states are also considering loosening their child labor protections. A bill in Iowa would allow kids as young as 14 to work certain jobs in meatpacking plants and would shield businesses from civil liability if the child gets sick, injured, or killed on the job. There are no words. Oh, California. Here we go again. Millions across central and northern California are bracing for what they're calling an alarming storm beginning today with heavy rain threatening to cause widespread flooding in areas still grappling with huge record-breaking snowfall. More than 17 million people are under flood watches in California and parts of Nevada, with much of California under an especially significant risk of excessive rainfall that could swamp some of the same areas already devastated by severe flooding earlier this year. The most vulnerable areas for flooding are creeks and streams in the foothills of the Sierra Nevadas. A total of 34 of California's 58 counties are now under a state of emergency issued by the governor's office due to those recent storms and the ones on the way. Stay safe, everyone. Oh, and finally... In the wake of a not very successful CPAC conference, Matchlap's accuser has come forward. Yep, it's longtime Republican operative Carlton Huffman. He revealed on Wednesday that he was the man who accused Matchlap, the leader of CPAC, of sexual misconduct. Huffman, who has worked on several Republican campaigns, came forward after a judge said that he had to use his real name in his lawsuit if it's going to move forward. So Huffman, who lives in North Carolina, said he would proceed with his lawsuit. He's asking for $9.4 million in damages. He accuses Schlapp of defamation and sexual battery. Schlapp, of course, denies Huffman's allegation that he groped his crotch in Atlanta while campaigning for unsuccessful Senate candidate Herschel Walker. And so it goes. And that's just a bit of what's news for now. I'm Nicole Sandler. If you appreciate these reports and the Nicole Sandler Show, I hope you'll consider making a contribution. My work is listener supported, and I can't do it without your help. Find out more at NicoleSandler.com, and please click on that donate button.